Okay, we start Parshas Pinchas, Tafshin Ayin Beis, as we continue here from Camp Kaley, uh, broadcasting this week's Parshas Pinchas. We start off with the first Rashi, first Rashi in the Parsha, where Rashi tells us, the Torah tells us first, Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron Kohen, Pinchas, as we'll talk a lot about him tonight, the son of Elazar, the son of Aaron, he goes through his whole Yichus, as we'll get back to in the first couple of thoughts. First Rashi, Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron Kohen, obviously Chazal were already bothered by his Yichus, as we'll see a number of thoughts of tonight. The Shvatim were making fun of him. The other Shvatim. Interestingly, that the action of Parshas Pinchas already took place. One of the one of the campers came over to me after the after the laning last week and said, "The whole story happened. So why is next week called Pinchas?" That's how well we break it up. We break it up. The stories at the end of last week, and we have the beginning. The reward is is this week. So the Shvatim were were making fun of him about what he did last week. ben Did you see this this guy? Do you know Pinchas? He thinks he could do something great. You know who his grandparents were? You know where he came from? He comes from a Yisro. And he's going to come and, and take charge. So they were making fun of him. So that is why the Torah says, now you're picking up one family line, but he's also Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron So the Torah is going out of its way to emphasize his pristine lineage, at least in one line. Okay. He asked the Lubavitcher Rebbe, source number one, right in the uh, Torah's Menachem, what exactly was the root here and the message? Says the Torah's Menachem, one can never know another true's intentions. Right, sorry for the beginning. The tribes appear to have convincing proof that Pinchas' motives were not pure, but they were mistaken. All the Shvatim, ah, oh, Pinchas, ah, oh, this is what your grandparents were, v'chulu, v'chulu, ah, oh, you, you must just be a Kanoi. You must be somebody who's out to make a name for themselves, overstepping his bounds. Says the Lubavitcher Rebbe, you can never know somebody's true intentions. So long as a person is doing good, he should not be put down or mocked. Even if one has a solid, quote, proof that the person is insincere. Oh, they're doing that because of this, because of that. That's not our job. It's not our job to try to figure out motivations of why somebody is doing a mitzvah. Somebody's doing something positive. Somebody's doing something good. He's doing a mitzvah. Give him the credit. And you know what, says Lubavitch Rebbe, why do most of the time we make such comments? And why do we have such hashkafis about, about people? And we have such feelings of, and we try to put them down. Most of the time, it's just that we're jealous. It's most of the time, it's not that we, we really have true proof against them. In truth, he continues on line 20. The reverse is likely to be the case. The fact that a person criticizes the good deeds of another is probably because the critic himself is proud and does not like the idea that somebody else accomplished something that he did not. Right? Think about siblings. Right? They don't want it, the other person to get the credit. Oh, they did it. But yeah, but but that's that's stepping on my shoes. But that happens in life. Right? How many times do we have to put somebody down in order to feel good about ourselves? Of course, he will not admit this even to himself because his pride makes him lazy and recognizing that somebody else has has accomplish something makes it more uncomfortable to remain lazy. Says so arrogance lead him to put down the other person's good deeds, etc., etc. The lesson is obvious, he ends off. It's much wiser to be an activist than to be a critic. Anybody could stay and this is wrong and that's wrong and that's wrong. We just got to get up and do the mitzvah. We have to get up and do what we know is right. 
And if we, and if we see somebody else that does something, so you know, let's be proud of them, let's give them credit where credit is due, and learn from them. That's the message of the first Rashi. Not to be the Shvatim or Mavaza, and they were, they were very mistaken. Oh, okay. Moving right along. A thought from the Benishchai. Source number two. It's quoted in the Pedini Torah, but it's from the, from the Benishchai. Torah tells us, obviously, Penchas did this act, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives him a reward, Pasuk Yudbeis, Lochein Amar, he didn't know St. Louis, Brisi Shalom. I'm going to give him a bris of Shalom, of peace. Vahay Salah, we know that there's a uh, Mesorah we have, that the Vav has a, has a cut in it. Bali Kriya should not think that there's anything wrong in the, in the uh, Sifrei Torah. Okay. Vahay Salah, Lazarah, Harav, Briskunas, Olam, and for Pinchas and his progeny, they will be Kohanim. Tachas Asherkine Lelokav, Ayachaper Abana Yisrael. In, in, as a reward for being Mekaneh for Hashem and being Mechaper for Abana Yisrael. Couple of questions. Number one, Ask, says the Medrash Rabbah, beginning of source number one, source number two, number of Medrash Rabbah, Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Bidinhu It is very appropriate that Pinchas received this reward. What does that mean? Why is it so appropriate? This reward is, is perfect. The Brisi Shalom is, is, is a special reward for Pinchas Bidinu. He deserves it. Okay, he deserves it, but what's the emphasis? What's the Medrash trying to, to emphasize? Question one. Question two, the question we already dealt with, the emphasis of the yichus of Pinchas, which already Chazal had one answer, we're trying to, going to try to give, says the Ben Yoyada, a second answer. Third question, back to the text, Pinchas says the Pasik, Ben Allah ben Amar HaKoyin Eshivas Chamasi, V'chulu, V'lochilis Be'esor B'Kenasi, and if we look in the continuation, says the Says the, uh, the Pasuk, actually, I think it is in last week's Parsha when the story is described at the end of Parsha by Maftir, Vayar Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron Akoin, Vayakam mitoch ha'eda, Vayikach romach biyado. He stood up and he, from the Eda, from the congregation, and he took a spear and he did what he had to do. Ask the Ben Yoyada, where else was he? Vayakam mitoch ha'eda. He was in the Eda. The whole B'nai Yisrael were watching this, this chait. That, that was, uh, that was, that was occurring in front of all the people. So what, what do you mean, tocha eida? As if we're emphasizing that he, that he got up from the eida. What exactly is, is, uh, is the message here? Says the Ben Yoyad, the Vahabir Hura, line 7. Sha'akasuv, ba'lahagit shifcha shalpinchas, sha'asadavar shuzar upelamitsido. The Torah is emphasizing that Pinchas did something surprising and unusual and unexpected from specifically him and from where he was coming from. Kivan, after all, who was Pinchas? Where did he, where did he spend his time? Kivan, Shu ben Kohanim, she'en lamesek b'melchama, ve'in matsui b'yadam klei melchama. The Kohanim weren't the warriors. What did they do? The Kohanim, the Levim, they carried the Aaron, they carried the, the uh, Kalim, they put the covers on, they did some singing. So these were, these were the Kohanim. They weren't the warriors. So that's where, that's what his group was. The gam who meets on Atzmo. And also he himself. Lest we think that, oh, there were so, some Kohanic families that had lineage of being warriors. He wasn't one of them. Pinchas ben Alazar ben Aaron Akoin. 
Aaron was not one known for his for his fighting. He spent his day learning. Whatever Torah they, actually they had, um, the Torah then, but whatever they were learning. These two strong individuals that could have overpowered him easily, yet he was able to stand up and, and take charge and do what had to be done? Yes, the answer is. He did it, he overcame his natural inclinations and did what he had to do, l'shem mitzvah, the mesiris nefesh. L'chein amar ha-kasuv, that's what the Pazak is emphasizing. Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron ha-kohen, hainu, sheratza la-hadgish, the Pazak wants to emphasize, she-aviv, yaviv, yaviv, ha-yukohan ha-shem, we're talking about the Kohen Gadol and the Skan Kohen Gadol and the later Kohen Gadol, v'rechokim imaisa ha-mochama, u-muvdalim imalachazu, this was not their their cup of tea, Aaron and Elazar. This is not what they excelled in. And he was in the Ada. What does the Ada always mean? The Sanhedrin. Vayakumu, he got up, right? And yet he got up, from out of his area where he usually held himself, the Torah says, he deserves a reward. Right? Because this is not something that you would expect it from. And then he gives a marshal, as the Ben Yoyada gives Mashalim many times throughout his commentary. There was a king that went into a forest in order to go hunting and he took with him one of the great generals of his army. And all of a sudden bandits came and, and they were about to plunder the whole ki- the king and all of, his, uh, all of his people and the Gibor stood up, this general stood up and fought off all of the enemy, fought off or the plunderers and killed them and saved the king. And the king says, Okay, thanks very much. Wonderful. Excellent. And then the following week, the king again takes a trip in the forest. And this time, though, he takes a couple of boys with him. Maybe he doesn't think that anybody's going to start up with him because the, the reputation is out. And all of a sudden, a bunch of listim again come. And these little boys that he took with him stand up, take a sword, and they defend the king. And the king all of a sudden says... Thank you, thank you. And the king throws, throws riches on them and, and gives them promotions and, and raises them up and asks the Avadim. I don't understand. Last week the general also did this. So the boy did this. They both saved your life. Why when the general did it, okay, you were fined, you, were, you, you gave him a shkayach, you said thank you. But here the boys are doing it. And, you know, you, you, you give them such reward. So the answer is because they're not expected to do it. Right, we don't, we don't, we don't assume that they're going to take the sword. Said the king on line twenty-seven. What do you think I pay him for? Yeah, you have to say thank you, but if somebody's expected to do something, you don't have to go overboard. He did what was incumbent upon him. That I'll give him a matana. But the second one was a now. He's a little boy. He was just serving me. He was doing me a favor by coming along. Him, I have to give the reward. Bidinhu sheyitol ascharo. The Medrash says Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron Akohen that was kami tocha eda. He's going to get his reward because that's the unexpected. Pinchas stood up, went against his natural inclinations, and did what he had to do. Maybe the message for us is we also have to sometimes go against our natural inclinations, not always in the way of Pinchas. 
But sometimes our natural inclination is to uh, to stay in bed a little longer in the morning. Our natural inclination is to you know uh, make our brachos quickly. Actual inclination is to not always speak properly. So sometimes we have to overcome, just like Pinchas did, so too we must. Okay, one more relating to the act of Pinchas. One more. As we know, the Torah describes, He received the kahuna. He received the kahuna. Chazal tell us, what did he have to receive the kahuna for? Right, the joke of you know I want to be a coin. You want to buy? Want to be? What do you want to be a coin for? My father was a coin. My grandfather. I want to be a coin. It's automatic. It's automatic. So Chazal are bothered. What do you mean he got bris kunas olam? So Chazal tell us that when Aaron a coin was anointed and appointed to be the coin gadol, so his progeny from that moment on was going to receive the kahuna. But anybody that was born already, so they were too late. It was too late. So Elazar also got a special distinction. The son. But the grandson, he was already born, but it wasn't going, it wasn't going that far. It was only, well, who was going to be born afterwards? So Pinchas needed his own, his own appointment. His own, uh, his own gift. He was the only Kohen in history, I guess besides the original ones, that were only a, became Kahanim in the middle of their, in the middle of their lifetime. We're not talking about somebody who finds out that they're a Kohen in the middle of their lifetime, but somebody who started being a Kohen, right? That's what Chazal tell us. In Pasuk Yud Gimel, Rashi quotes it, Even though the children of Aaron and Cohen already received the Kahuna, Only to Aaron and his sons who were anointed. Right? We read about in Sefer Shmos when they were, they were anointed. And to their children, They will be born after their Amshacha. Aval, Rashi continues, Pinchas, Shenolad Kodem Lachain. He was already born when the sons were anointed, Velo Nimshach, and he was not anointed, Lo Balach La Kahuna Atkan. And that's why he had to get the Kahuna now. And that's why, the beginning of source number three, the Gemarin Zvachim tells us, which Rashi quotes, Lo Niskain Pinchas Achahargo Lazimri. He became a Kohen. Rav Pinchas deals with the issue of how this also was exactly. Mida Kinegan Mida. Very interesting. How is it Mida Kinegan? Okay, he, he got the Kahuna. He got Brisi Shalom. He also got Arichas Yamim. But why Dafka Kahuna? How is that most appropriate that he was able to become a Kohen here based on, and how is it commensurate with what he did? Says of Pinkas on line 9. Vihine. Be'inyan ha Kahuna Nire. Let me explain something regarding the Kahuna. Shahare Seder Ha'olam. Hu Shayesh Shoresh Vyesh Anafim. In life, there are roots and there are branches. Think of a tree and then we'll branch out. No pun intended. Right? Think of a tree. There are roots and there are branches and out of the big branches come more branches and out of those branches come other branches and they keep building on each other and eventually leaves come out. If you have the fourth stage branch, where does that branch get nourishment from and nutrients from? From the branch that it's connected to. And that branch gets nourishment from the branch that it's connected to. Ultimately, 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 they all get from the trunk and from the ground and from the roots. But it's not direct. Every branch gets nourishment and nutrients from the branch that it is connected to, the one that is connected. And the same thing with the roots. If you have roots that go deep into the ground, every root survives based on the one that it's connected to. Shehu anafshel sharish kadum yoter. 
The little branch on the tippy top of the tree is, it's impossible for that branch to get directly from the, from the trunk. It's impossible. Hashem didn't create nature that way. It goes in order, step by step. And that's why, let's say, if you would cut off a middle branch, that everything beyond that branch dies. Because it's not connected to the origin anymore. And everything that lives based on this middle branch is finished. But if we expand the idea that applies to a tree, that applies to people, it applies to, right, we get nourishment from our parents who got nourishment from their parents. Going back to other Marisha, going back to Kodesh Baruch Right, it's all in a line. We're branches of the tree. The family, every grandchild and the, and the, and the, ch- and the child and the parent, it applies to many, many areas in life. It could even apply to a corporation, right? There are people that work for, you know, their, their, their primary supervisor, and that supervisor has a boss, and that's the one has a boss. The, the, the people who work in the mailroom don't have connections to the CEO because it's all branches of the company. There's no jumping except once in a while. Once in a while there are exceptions where Kaddish Baruch Hu makes exceptions and says, I'm going to connect this branch to the source even though it's jumping. In special cases, sometimes a branch could go straight to the source. Says Rav Pincus, that's what happened by Pinchas, but we'll see why it happened in a minute. What did Pinchas do? We know, we read at the end of last week's parsha. The chayt was being committed, and Pinchas goes to Moshe Rabbeinu. Pinchas, Hayatamid Shah Moshe Rabbeinu, line 15. Pamachas Nes Alma Moshe Halacha, Upinchas Hechzerota. He goes to Moshe, what are we going to do now? And Moshe didn't answer. Didn't answer, Kanan Pogenbo, because that was not the answer that he was allowed to give at that time. So where did Pinchas learn it from? Everything that Pinchas knew was from Moshe Rabbeinu. Obviously, Moshe was the source of Torah for that whole generation. And yet, Pinchas figured something out that he didn't get from Moshe Rabbeinu. Where did he get it from? Obviously, from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Obviously, Hashem gave him the Siyat HaDashmaya in order. He wanted to. He was Moshe the Nefesh. Habolatar Messiah so. He took the first step and HaKadosh Baruch Hu rewarded him with that Chachma, that Halacha of Kanon Pogan. He knew what to do, but he didn't get it from Moshe Rabbeinu, which was the normal source of all of his, all of his Torah. Harikol Shorsha Batorah Haya Moshe. Moshe was his root. If Moshe didn't know, of course Pinchas wouldn't know. And that's why everybody started crying. The Gemara says in Sanhedrin. Ella, Pinchas jumped. Pinchas got it from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He jumped branches. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu said it. You, de- you mentioned, you'd said it, so you got to do it. The, the mailman's gotta, gotta do the act that you brought the letter, so you gotta, you gotta read and act based on the letter. Pincha was, was the mockery of this Igaris, and therefore he had to act based upon it. Cesar Pincha's beautifully, Pincha's jumped over the normal connections. His normal connections was through Moshe Takarish Baruch Hu, so therefore, and he jumped over it! So as a Mida Kenegan Mida, Schar, he also jumped. Usually you're only a coin if your father's a coin or your grandfather's a coin. You have to go through the proper channels. He became a coin without going through the proper channels. 
he went directly to Kodesh Baruch Hu to get his Torah, Kodesh Baruch Hu directly made him a Kohen, even though he was already in the family of Kuhn, he wasn't a Kohen. Kodesh Baruch Hu made him a Kohen, he was Mizakahim, jumping generations and jumping the proper, the usual channels as a Midah Kenegad Midah. Line 23, Zacha Pinchas Lekahuna, Mida Kenegan Mida. Why was he Zoha? This was exactly Mida Kenegan Mida. Shalakahuna Yish Shorish Karbs, you aren't a Kohen, usually. The Kohanim, you have to go through families. For Aaron Kibamay Hashem Isbarach. Hashem to Aaron, Aaron to Elazar, Elazar to Pinchas. But he couldn't do that. But because of his act, he reflected that he wanted to be directly connected to God. And in that way, HaKadosh Baruch Hu rewarded him. Mida Kenegan Mida. He opened up the usual channels. Kishem Shedizkasha Batorah L'Sharash Arishon. Kach Niftach Lo V'Nizkasha L'Sharash Chadash. Shal Kahuna Lo Le'atzmo. That is Repinkat. He even says, maybe that's where Arichas Yomim also came in. Pinchas, we know, had tremendous Arichas Yomim. Even the middle of Sefer Shoftim, we know. Pinchas was, uh, at least according to Chazal, was there. So Pinchas, Arichas Yomim, that might also be connected, he says at the end, too, to jumping the natural order of of generations where your 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 time is, has come. But if you're connected to Akadosh Baruch Hu, you can have that Arichas Yomim as well. Okay. That's where Pinchas Mita Kenegan Mita. Now we have something very special. Says Rashi. It's a small thought, but it's, it's a fascinating Shlaha Kadosh. As we know, the second Aliyah in Parshas Pinchas discusses all the Shvatim, and in B'nai God, the Torah tells us who were the families of God, Pasuk Tezvav, B'nai God, Litzfon Mishpachat HaTzfoni, Chagi Mishpachas Chagi, Shuni, Rashi quotes that Hashem surrounded his name around each of the Mishpachas of, the, of B'nai Yisrael. He put a Yud and a He, which is his name, to testify that we were uh, still his people. La'azni Mishpachas Ha'azni, Le'iri Mishpachas Ha'iri, all the, all the uh, families that are listed. Pasuk Tezayin, Rashi notes on La'azni Mishpachas Ha'azni. Rashi says, Omer Ani Shezu Mishpachas Etzbon. Rashi says that this is the Etzbon family that was mentioned earlier. This is the same family as Ozni and Etzbon. The Eniodea Lamalo Nikres Mishpachto Al Shmo. I don't know why the name has been changed. I, the, I have a Mesorah, says Rashi, that it's the same family. It used to be called Etzbo, uh, Etzbon, and now it's called Ozni. I don't know why. Not one of the Rashis that we usually focus on or get so excited about. Right? We read one of these Rashis, we're like, okay, put this on the list where Rashi says Eniodea. Right, there's a Gilean Ashas in, in Mesechas um, Brachas and Nafchafei where he lists off 50 places throughout Shas where Rashi says, I don't know. Okay, we can get that message from Rashi where Rashi sometimes also can say, I don't know. We also have to say, I don't know sometimes in life. Not everybody, right? Everybody doesn't know something. Like the Balamor once said, Once he realized he didn't know everything, he realized that he knew something. So Rashi also says, says Lo Yadati sometimes. But there is a Shlaha Kadosh. The Chassam Sofer quotes this Shlaha Kadosh. Source number four, you have the Chassam Sofer. This is the Torah's Moshe on Allah Torah. Pirish Rashi, I knew Etzbon. Rashi says Etzbon is Ozni. The Kasa Vishla, Lirmoz. Shomer Chazal, Chazal tell us in Meseches Ksubis. Etzbaos Shel Adam Kiyisedos. Why are our fingers shaped like pegs? The Gemara there says two things. Why do we have earlobes and why do we have fingers shaped like pegs? Both of them, Shem Yishma Davashino Hagun, Yasum, Yasim Etzbao Ba'azno. 
Why? So that if we hear some Lashonara, if we hear something inappropriate, so we can put our fingers into our ears. It fits in perfectly. Or we can fold our earlobe. Right? So also, that, uh, that uh, it's not only why, right? One might say, why does a man have an earlobe? Right? No earrings there. So you fold it over. So that's what the Gemara says in Masechus Ksubis. Our fingers are there in order to put into our ears when we hear something inappropriate. Venerali, says the Shla, Kivan Shashavit God Hayushchenim in Ruvain Vashimin. Who was, who was in that, the one Degel? Reuven, Shimon, and God. God was on the side with Shim, Reuven, and Shimon. And who was within Reuven and Shimon? Shaibaham, Rishon, Dasan, Vaviram. They had Dasan, Vaviram. Veresh, Nun, Ish. And the 250 men that were with Korach. Vizimri, Ben Salu, we know was from Shimon. Vechaf, Dalad, Elef, Hamisim, Bamagefan, the 24,000. These were God's neighbors. Reuven, Shimon, and God. These were his neighbors. So this family in God. What were they called? Etzbone. Because they spent the past couple of months sticking their fingers in their ears from the word etzba. Ksivaz etzbone. But now, Korach's men are all, are all gone. Dasan Vavir Margan. So now, there's nothing to be worried about. There's nothing to be protective of. V'yachshav shekfar nistalku v'nisharu rakat sadikim al-kein heistir He could remove his fingers and now he could just open his ears to hear the words of Torah that are heard. Ozni. Ozen shomea tochach aschayim bekerav chachamim tolin. That's a shlaha kadosh. We read a Rashi, we don't appreciate it. But the Shlach Kodesh tells us, it used to be Etzbon, but then it became Ozni. Maybe it was really Ozni, but for a while it had to be Etzbon. Rav Avram Shor in the Alekach Valibov goes one step further. Source number five. He quotes in one of his farm, in Mamari Lel Shabbos Kodesh, he quotes that, uh, first he quotes from the Ishbitzer and the Me'ash Shiloach, that in Mitzrayim, all B'nai Yisrael had to be somewhat Etzbon-like to try not to hear all of the Nevala that the Mitzrayim were trying to put into us. All the tuma that they were trying to put into our ears, and maybe many succeeded. So we all had to be exponed there. But then we're on our way now. We're coming into Eretz Yisrael. Avira de Eretz Yisrael. Malik Dusha. Nikrishmo Azni. Now our ears can be open to hear the Kedushas Hashem mitovas Haaretz. So not only one family says the Meashiloach, maybe it applies to all Klal Yisrael in a certain sense. But then the Ravim Shor himself says maybe it's even a little deeper. It's not just at one time in history they were Etzbon, at the other time in history they were Ozni. No, says Rav Avram Shur, in order to be Zochet to Ozni, sometimes we have to first be Etzbon. V'omek ha-kavana mevuar, line 11. Kirach b'schar shahoya Etzbon, nasa ata Ozni. If we are not Etzbon when we need to be Etzbon, we'll never be Zochet, to be Ozni and hear the Dvar Hashem. If somebody does not cover up their ears when there is something that they shouldn't be hearing, says Rev Thamesh, says the Halakha uh, Bahalibov, 
only if we protect our neshamas through covering and closing up our ears when we are not supposed to hear certain things, only then will be Zohar to having our ears open to be able to hear the wonderful Divrei Torah that we can have later on. That's what. It's because they were at Sponi with Zohar to Osni afterwards. Again, God is a very special Shevet. Moshe Rabbeinu was buried in Shevet God. Well, you might say, oh, you have to be buried in one of the two and a half. Okay, but still, God was, God was Zohar. But says the Rav Alibov, it's because sometimes we have to make sure that we cover our ears. Many times we focus on covering our eyes when there are things that we shouldn't be looking at, but our ears as well. And he says, even especially at this time of month, this time of the year, Chodesh Avi quotes on the second column, which is coming up next week, Mechuva Neged Chush Hashmi'ah. Every Chodesh, he says, in Sefer HaYetzirah, is connected a different sense. Av is Shmi'ah. Where else does he get this from? If you look in the Sidurim, Apikabala, there's a different Pasuk in Tanakh which spells out Yudke Vavke, Rashi Tevo, Sofe Tevos, that's printed in most Sidurim by Musafan Rosh Chodesh. And I'll be Kabbalah, some say at certain times one should have that Kavana of that Pasik, but each, there's 12 of them. By every month, there's a, there's another Tsiruf of Shem Hashem. So the Pasik for Av, as he quotes, is Haskes Ushma Yisrael Hayom. Yudke Vavke, again, if you mix around the letters, each one has Yudke Vavke in some type of order. Again, it's a big Kabbalah. But what does that Pasuk mean? Listening. Haskes Ushma Yisrael Hayom. Rashi Tevis Havaya. Rashi Tevis of Shem Hashem. This is when, this time of, of the year, we have to hear, we have to let in the, the, uh, Thoughts related to the Beis HaMikdash, related to Bein HaMetzarim, which we have just started and we are into now. And he quotes, he says, who knows? He says, Rahman al-Itzlan, he says, so many, so many, uh, youth that we know of that are not always B'derach HaTorah, he says, a lot of it has to do with what, what they're hearing. Again, obviously what they're seeing, but also what they're hearing. We have to be so careful with all of our senses. But he says, our ears, the types of music that, that, um, that the different cultures that we live amongst, um, put into us and try to put into us. We have to be at spone. We have to make sure that we are Bektushavatara with all of our senses and then Bez Hashem will be Zoche to be Ozni to hear Divrei Torah, to hear Divrei Bracha. As the Chavaz Chaim says about the mouth, we're only given one mouth. And if we use the mouth for inappropriate inappropriate activities, then that same mouth has to dive and has to learn. So it applies to the ears, it applies to the eyes, it applies to all the senses. But that's this is all rooted in the Shlach Kadosh. At spone and Ozni. Okay. Moving right along. Says the Pasik. Chathvav Mem Aleph. We have the list of the Shvatim and we have the list of the numbers of the Shvatim. The Torah tells us that Shevet Binyamin was how much? Chathvav Mem Aleph. Chamisha Barbam Aleph Vesheish Meos. Shevet Binyamin was, says the Chafetz Chaim, a certain amount Right? Chamisha Babam Elef Vishesh Meos. 45,600. Don. Lumish Mechosam. Arba Elef Arba Meos. 464,000. Arba Elef Arba Meos. Just looking at the numbers, Don was huge. Don was the largest Shevet. Doing the math, out of all the Shvatim, Don was the largest Shevet. Binyamin was one of the smallest. Says the Chafetz Chaim. Kan Gilsolanu Torah, source number six. 
Ki ein chachma ve'ein eitza l'neged Hashem. HaKadosh Baruch who's in charge of the world. L'binyamin ha'yu asarabanim. Binyamin had, as we know, ten children, listed earlier in the Torah. Don, rak ben echad. Don had one son. And not only did he only have one son, his son was deaf. His son was handicapped. Chushim ben Don, ben ayachid hayacheresh, gamkein. So Gemara says in Sota, the story with Don and Chushim and, uh, and cutting off Esav's head, v'yafal pikein, and yet, look in our parsha. Look at the populations. Shuhayim marube ba'ochlusin, yosem ibn yamit shayilu asara banim. He was much larger than any uh, than uh, Binyamin's than Binyamin Shevet, right? Binyamin had a below average forty five thousand six hundred. Chushim had the largest Shevet sixty four thousand four hundred. I misspoke before sixty four thousand four hundred male descendants. At least listed here says the Chavetz Chaim in three words. You never know. You never know. Don Chushim, one son, the largest shavit from their one deaf child. Binyamin with his ten sons, one of the smallest. Below average. Umikan Yeshlomo says the Chavetz Chaim. Shemisha Hashem Chafetzbo. Yuchalatz Lichomi Ben Echad Yosemimishi Yeshlo Asar Banim. We shouldn't look around at others. We should just look at the, the, the gifts that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us. Right? Fechenadin, whether it has to do with children. But it could be that one, one single, one only child. It could be mommy, generations, and Rahman al-Islan, a larger family, maybe not. Sometimes you could have an ani. That's Matzliyat, the next generation. Kaddish Baruch who's in charge. You never know. Rav Pam Kedaka Bakodesh takes this Chavetz Chaim and runs with it. And expands on it. Says Rav Pam, a parent of a handicapped child has many worries about the child's future. To what extent could the child develop into a Torah Jew and become a productive member of society? Will the child be self-sufficient? Will they get married? Will they raise a family? Earn a living the Hulu? What do you think Don went through? Don was not only the father of a handicapped son, he was the progenitor of a tribe in Klal Yisrael, a major part of the eternity of the Jewish people. What do you think Don felt like? Binyamin and Yehuda and all these families. And yes, Chushim. Come on, Chushim, let's go. One can imagine what a family gathering in the house of Yaakov Avinu looked like. Binyamin was there with his ten sons. God and Asher brought their seven sons. Shimon had six and so on. The sons and the grandchildren of Yaakov Avinu sitting, discussing Torah in the base Medrash, making a minion. And Chushim would sit there oblivious to everything that was taking place around him. Don probably wondered to himself, what will be with him and with my tribe in Israel? What's the future What's going to be with my grandchildren? What's going to be? This is the significance of the contrast between the senses. We read numbers. The Chafetz Chaim Rapan says it's not just numbers. We read such a yesod gadol about life. The Chafetz Chaim concludes, if it's the will of Hashem, a parent can be more successful with and have more nachas from one son than from ten sons. One can never predict says Rapan how things will eventually turn out. At times, the achievements of a ben yachid can be more than the achievements of ten children. Even in a large family, a ben zakunim, the youngest child born to older parents, could be the one who eventually brings the most nachas, the most simcha. It's the afterthought child. And yet that could be the child that could turn out to be the star in Klal Yisrael. One can never give up on a person, no matter what the handicap or disability. 
It often happens that the one who is considered the least likely to succeed. Interesting, look at the 10 most successful people in life and what their elementary school yearbook said about them. The least likely to succeed is the one who produces the greatest achievements. Hashem has endowed every human being with immense treasures. Parents of handicapped children, and the message is for all parents, but especially, says Rapam, for handicapped children, should take inspiration and chizuk from the accomplishments of Chushim and realize that they too could have tremendous nachas from their offspring and achieve such a great shevet. The largest shevet that was produced came from the lone deaf son of Dun. Okay. Parach of Zion, Pasuk Hay. Chav Zion Hay, moving right along into this also jam-packed parsha. Now we get to a couple of the shorter aliyos. There's so much to talk about. Right, Moshe Rabbeinu's transfer of power. We're not going to focus on that this year. But we have Parach of Zion, those famous women. The daughters of Slavchad, who came from Yosef Atzadik. And we list off the five. They stood, <coughs> they stood in front of Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe, please help us. Avinu Meis Bamidbar, our father died, and he wasn't amongst the Ada that went Korach. Moshe, he had Alamilas, he just died. Becheto Meis. Okay, Chazal say he was the Makoshesh we spoke about a couple of weeks ago. But Moshe, he wasn't up against you. We don't want to lose our family. Uh, heritage, we don't want to lose out on the Chilak of Eretz Yisrael. They were Mechavavos Esa'aretz. Moshe, please tell us. We want a Chilak in Eretz Yisrael. Moshe does not know the answer. Vayakrev Moshe es mishpatan lefnei Hashem. Moshe does not know the answer. He did not know the halacha. Why? Out of all the halachas that were after Moshe Rabbeinu, why this one? was one of the ones that he forgot. We could talk about all of them, which we will in a minute, but now we're just going to focus on this one first. Why this one? Okay, Chazal say, Megagolans, Chusay, Zakai, they were Mechabavos, they were, but that just begs the question. Why this one? All the mitzvahs could be, you know, Megagolans, Chusay, Zakai. There must have been something, obviously, about this one, specifically, that Moshe Rabbeinu did not know the answer. So, says two ideas. First, from Rav Yosef Nechemni Kornitzer, I haven't looked at his words in a long time, Let's get back to him. Source number nine. It says of Yosef Nechemia, again, the last rub in Krakow, the father-in-law of Shapsi Frankel, of Rambam fame. It says of Yosef Nechemia, quotes Rashi, Nis'al Mimenu Halacha. He says, this is not, this is not what Chazal say, but this is my suggestion. Without Chazal, Chazal say that he forgot or Nis'alma. It was taken away from him. That's why it seems like it's on purpose. Nis'alma, Sounds like it was taken away, not just shachach. That's the language that Chazal used. He thinks there's a different idea here. Moshe Rabbeinu specifically did not say it. Maybe he knew it, but he didn't express it. Why not? Moshe Rabbeinu says, Hashem, please appoint another leader for this people. Moshe Rabbein, why did Moshe say, Hashem, please appoint a leader? Chazal pick up on that. Chazal say, because you know, right after it's got their due, Moshe starts thinking, you know what, what about my kids? You know, maybe my kids should yarshin my, my position, maybe I'm, I'm getting old, you know, maybe it's about time. And Hashem said, sorry, I have other plans, Yeshua Benun's taking your place. 
But right after this, Chazal already pick up on the fact that this was on Moshe's mind. What's going to be with my children? V'hinei, so suggests Rabbi Yosef Nechemya, Kichen Yesh Lomar, Shebemes Moshe Rabbeinu Avosam Yoda Me'atzmo. Halachim just Ben Oslavchad. He knew Ben Oslavchad. And what's the answer to Ben Oslavchad? All halachas of Yerusha. It wasn't Sam just about Eretz Yisrael. Through this question, this is the source, the mitzvah of Yerusha. The 400th mitzvah in the Chinuch. Mitzvah tough. The 400th mitzvah. Yerusha is a mitzvah. It's about one of the only mitzvahs one could do only after they die. Right? It could be another mitzvah. Yerusha is one of them. It could be Puravu. Because a person has to die having children who each had children. Right? Not, not each of them, but a boy and a girl has to be born to uh, the, the person's boy and a girl without getting into the details. Okay, but either way, maybe trivia question. Two mitzvahs that a person can only do after they die. Yerusha and Puravu, possibly. But, says Rabbi Yosef Nechem, yeah, this was on Moshe Rabbeinu's mind. Because of that, Moshe did not want a paskin. Amnam, Moshe wanted to be super duper squeaky clean in the eyes of Klai Yisrael. And even though he was that, we know they still complained about him. Moshe came late, Moshe came early, he's having trouble at home, he's not having trouble at home. Right, all the different Lashon Hara that we know Chazal quote that they said even about Moshe Rabbeinu. But Moshe did everything he could not to cause such such uh, actions, such tinges of Marisayin, of something that uh, could look bad. So Moshe knew that he was thinking about the next generation. If he would all of a sudden come and tell them, Hilchas Yerusha, oh, Hilchas Yerusha, Moshe. Oh yeah, that's what, that's what you're telling us. What about right, your own kids? You're, you're saying that? It smacks of something. It would smack of something, possibly. At least Moshe thought so. Of course he's telling us Yilchus Yerusha, because he's getting old. He wants his kids to get. Alkain says of Yosef Nechemi, maybe that's why Moshe didn't paskin. Let God paskin. Let him tell it, tell you what I already know. Alkain, if this is what the Benoslav forget, but the first step is obviously boys. Let it come from Hashem and not from me. Right, sometimes when a parent wants to tell a child something, no, don't hear from me. Let them, you know, you're going to trust it more when it's from the other source. So, so too says Rabbi Yosef Nechemia, Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to step out of it so that they would be able to trust it more and not be Chosheshim. One idea on why he forgot this one. A second idea related to this Chazal, not specifically telling us uh, why this one, but picking up on a fascinating ha'ara that we should ask. Just the ha'ara is, is, uh, is uh, important. Moshe Rabbeinu, Chazal tell us, forgot, four, forgot. Nis'alma menu halacha about four dinim. Four halachas. What were the four halachas? They're quoted at the beginning of source number 10. Number one, B'no Slavchad, right here. Number two, Pesach Sheni. When they came to him in Parshas Baloscha, Pesach Sheni, what do we do? Moshe says, Imdu ve'ashma. Number three, the Macharif and the Megadev, we read about in Parshas Amar, right, what the halacha is. And number four, the Makoshesh, that we read about a couple of weeks ago. Makoshesh, the gatherer, who, according to Chazal, was Slavchad. Good. These four. Okay, we can put them all together. But simple question, ask the Minchas Michal, or a contemporary sefer that I just picked up a couple of, uh, couple of weeks ago in B'nai Brak. The Hine. I don't think he's from B'nai Brak, but it's just, uh, he might be, I don't remember. The Hine, B'shnei Dvarim Harishonim. 
Matsinu Shashal Moshe Pshara Mipiakvur take it from Yad. By the first two, Moshe doesn't know the answer. He turns around and says, Okay, God, what's the answer? He turns around and asks, What's the answer? In our parsha, he says, he turns around and what does he say? He asked them. He brought the, uh, the Mishpah close. And by Pesach Sheni, That's the first two. But by the other two, by the Makoshesh and the Magadef and the Macharef, Moshe just says, go into jail, I'll figure it out. We don't find that he asked Hashem what the answer is. He just waited. He didn't go in front of Hashem. They put it in there. That's it. He doesn't act. He just waits. When Hashem wants to talk to me, he'll talk to me. Even though we know that was one of the differences between Moshe and the Yishar Nevi'im. He could talk to Hashem whenever he wanted to. And yet, he chose not to in those two cases. And by the first two, he knows. That's a great ha'ara. So this is the answer. He quotes the answer from the Otzer Chaim, the name of the Grit Salvechik. I'm not sure. I think this is uh, this means the Grit Salvechik from the Brisky Yerushalayim, not Rav Salvechik um, that we oft quote. The Kishabo Hayubano Slav Chashem Mechabovos Es Eretz Yisrael. He said the simple. Think about the two cases: Pesach Sheni and Yishev Eretz Yisrael versus Macharif Megadif and the Makoshesh. Moshe Rabbeinu was ready to jump in and help out people who are trying to do a mitzvah. Zrizus, you're trying to do a mitzvah? What? Let me get you the answer. They want a piece of Eretz Yisrael. We want to do the mitzvah. Moshe sees this. He's a zaris. Zrizus, he says, hello, Zrizus, the mitzvah. Heim awa af alai. Lizarez is dinam. Ulamale is mevukashatam. Kadir chasam v'ratzonam. There are Zaras, they're acting, I better go. The Ilu, what are the, two, the other two? Putting Jews to death. They did Averis? Okay, you're right, it's counted as a mitzvah, I say, to put four different mitzvahs, skill straight for Herak But it's not something that Bethany jumps at. There was no Psatin yet. So Moshe was like, oh, when God wants to tell me, he'll tell me. You know, I'm not, I'm not so quick, even though they were Machal Shem Shemayim, obviously they're sitting in jail. But Moshe was not ready to be Memaher and to be a Zaras in this regard. Line 16. He knew they were Chayv Misa, but he didn't know which one. Why do I have to hurry so much? Okay, I'll put him in. When Hashem wants to let me know, he'll let me know. So this is a good way, first of all, to remember the four and a good way to group them. Two mitzvahs and two cases where the people involved violated and they were waiting to just find out the Chiyamis. Okay, one more thought for, for tonight. And that is related to the last section of Parshas Pinchas, which is the section about the Moadim. As we know, Parshas Emor discusses the Moadim in terms of the Kedushas Hayom and in terms of the mitzvos, most of the mitzvos, Sukkah and Dalad Minim and Sfir Saomer are all mentioned there and Yom Kippur, Vi'ini, Semaz Nafshol Seichem, those are all in Parshas Emor. Shofar is not, that's a good question. But um, 
That's all Pasha's MR. That's one section. Then we have other times throughout the Torah where we have just the Chagim mentioned. We have it in uh, Kisisa and elsewhere. But in Pinchas, this is the section of the Moadim relating to the Karbonos Musaf. All the Karbonos Musaf are mentioned here. Shabbat, this is the laning. This is the Maftir for all the holidays. So let's pick up on and talk about a very well-known Chazal. We'll have to remember this one for Shemini Atzeris. It's somewhat related, as we could say, because Alpi Drush, the Bali Machshava, say that the 21 days between pace between Shavasabatamuz and Tishabov correspond to the 21 days between Rosh Hashanah and Shmini Atzeris. So there's a parallel to there. So as we start the the and just and this is this is a trial run. Some say, you know, we have to trial run to get focused on the proper things before we have a couple weeks off until we get to the next 21, to the next Chafalov. Uh, so. It's a Shemini Atzeres Vart, but it's a, it's a Vart for life as well as we get ready for it. What is the Vart? Rashi, the Pasuk says, by Maftir, by Yom HaShemini Atzeres Tihiyelachem. On the eighth day of Sukkot, Atzeres Tihiyelachem. It is an Atzeres. As we know, in Torah Shebalpeh, Shavuos is called Atzeres, but in Torah Shebichsav, Shemini Atzeres is called Atzeres. Atzeres Tihiyelachem, Komlech Losasu. Where does the name Atzeres come from? So Rashi quotes here. Rashi quoted this as well in Emor, both places. Rashi quotes here, Atzurim Ba'asiyas Malacha. Atzurim mean, you're not allowed to do Malacha. Atzeres, which is somewhat difficult. That's why Rashi gives another pshat, because, so then why isn't every day of Yantav called Atzeres? Right, why Dafka this day? Unless, right, even after, what, you say, oh, because you were doing Malacha till now and Cholomoed, but then the, the last day of Pesach should also be called Atzeres. According to Chazal, it is, if Shavuos is the end. Not for now. But anyway, Dabar Acher Atzeres, or another answer, Atzrumi Latzeit, Atzeres is in the word Atzor, like the stop signs in Israel. Atzor, stop! Atzrumi Latzeit, don't leave, says Hashem. Milamed Sheton Lina, or, number one, that you have to sleep over, when you give a carbon, you're not allowed to leave yet. Or on a larger, more general scale, umedrashoba agada lefisha kol yemos haregel hekrivu keneged shivim umos because all the days of Sukkot are parallel to the nations of the world. They bring carbonos for the nations of the world. Ukishabain loleches when they're about to leave. When they're all about to leave, Hashem says, "No, what about you?" Stay here one more day. Make me one more suda. Should I could get Hana'a from you. And Rashi continues with this, the next Chazal, the next Rashi. Because the children are leaving. And Hashem says, I don't want you to leave. Stay here, stay here. Parents staying at the, children staying at parents for a week. And uh, finally they're going to leave. Like, no, 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 don't leave, don't leave. One more day. Just one more day. Hashem says to B'nai Yisrael, You've been here, Rosh Hashanah, and Asarasim Tshuva, and Yom Kippur, and Sukkot. Oh, no, no, don't leave, don't leave. One more day. Okay. That's the Chazal. We all know that Chazal. Asks the Bali Musar, how is one more day going to help? Isn't it just going to prolong the agony? So one more day, so just do it. Right, do it. You ever, the longer, we know, like, whenever a parent takes a, a kindergarten child to, uh, to, uh, to kindergarten, to Gan. So, the best thing is for the parent to go and leave as quickly as possible. Yes, any Ganenet, any kindergarten teacher, the parent should go and leave. The longer the parent stays, the more dragged out it is, then the child is clingy and doesn't want to, and it makes it much more painful, and the child cries more. Drop the child off and leave. What's Kodesh Baruch doing here? Kasha, stay one more day. Okay, then that'll be less painful for me. It's more painful. You're dragging it out. So says Rav Mursky in the third volume of Hegyoni Halacha, putting a couple of different thoughts together 
as he does in his classic style. Says Rav Mursky, when Hashem says, Kashalai Pridaschem, he's not doing it because it's hard for him. Or it's not hard for him in the sense that we think it's hard for him. Pashasim means that it's hard for him because he doesn't want us to leave. No, 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 it's not that. It's hard for him because he doesn't want us to leave the spiritual level that we are on. And with one more day, it's not just Stam one more day, it's what we do on this day. And I'm just giving everything away now and then we'll see what he means. And if we act properly on this day, then basically we will never leave HaKadosh Baruch. That's the message of the day. What does that mean? Says Ramersky on line four. It's all Otovas Haben. Shekem Mitchilas Chodesh Elul Mashkev Hakadosh Baruch Hu Yisrael. Hashem looks down on Am Yisrael and he sees that Bebadregas Hakadusha Roman must be Yom Al Yom. But Yisrael are going up from Rosh Chodesh Elul every day, going up, and then we get to Rosh Hashanah and Aser Zichu and Yom Kippur. We're going up and up and up and up, and then Sukkis being in the Tzila de Hemnusa. We're totally there. We're totally unbelievable. And finally, it's at the end of Sukkot, we had Hoshana Rabbah. And Hashem says, I can't, I, you can't. What do you mean you can't? You're going to lose it all. Line 13. Kasha alay l'rotet, pray daschem. It's not that kasha to, to have you separate from me. It's hard to see you separate from the level that you are on. Mi madre zaschem haromama. Vet keivamsha Yisrael im yiridasamu kawei. He feels their hurts. So Kodesh Baruch Hu says one more day. What's one more day? What is that day? It's Shemini Yatzeres. But as we know, past thousands of years, not just Shemini Yatzeres, in Eretz Yisrael it's the same day, in Chutz it's, it's a joint two days, it's Simchas Torah. Simchas Torah. Why Simchas Torah? The Levush's question. The Levush asks, why don't we start Breshas on Rosh Hashanah? It's the beginning of the year, we should start on Rosh Hashanah. Why do we push it off a couple of weeks? Why is Simchas Torah? Simchas Torah. Why is it connected to Shemini Yatzeres? We should make Simchas Torah connected to Rosh Hashanah. Why? Says Reb Mursky, because that's the kasha like Pridaschem. We need to celebrate with the Torah. Because if we celebrate with the Torah and we recognize the value of that in our lives, so then that will save us and make us never leave the face of the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Ain kan preda klal. There's no preda ela adaraba. Efshalom alem chavuka dvuka b'cha. I'm connected to you. I'll never leave you. What do we do on Simchas Torah? Beautifully. He says, what do we do? He says, we don't dance, we don't dance around the Torah. We take the Torahs and we dance around the Bima. What's the significance? So he quotes beautifully from, uh, from others. He quotes, the Aron is the Makum of Torah Shebich The Bima is the Makum of Torah Shebal That's the place where Liman HaTorah is done. A bima is like a shtender. That's where we bring Torah into our lives. We take the Torah with us and we dance around the bima. Line 32, we quote Rabbi Yitzchak Isaac Sar, Harikot Savav Abima Balaramiz Ala Kesher Shalam Yisrael Im Libera Torah. Barikot Savav Abima Mivakshim Heim Levate We're trying to express She'ein Mekoma Shalat Torah Ba'ara No, it's not left in the Aaron. Ve'in Yisrael Mekusharan Begvilin Right, we're not just we don't just have scrolls. Ela mekomish la Torah al habima al shulchan al limud al ashtender. Torah below shulchan limud. Ena kosheres adami sol hakadosh baruch We don't leave our religion in the aron or in the shul. We take it with us. Makipen es habima because we celebrate. We celebrate Talmud Torah. And he quotes from Baruch Ber. That's what I just said. La aron hakodesh al Torah shebal peh. 
The shtender is the Aaron for Torah Shabbat Peh. says, that's what we celebrate. We take the Torah with us because we connect to the Torah and we say, this is our life. As we take leave of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, one more day because this is what could save you to keep you on that level and that's, the, that's what we hope to and that's what we try to do as we don't have any more Maisa Mitzvahs. It's been busy with Shofar and Lulav and Dalin and, Dal and Minim and Sukkah. Simchas Torah, Shemini Yatzeres, there's no more Dalad Minim, there's no more Chetzal Shemitzvahs except the Torah because we symbolize that is how we're going to stay connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's the Kasha Alai Pridaschem. So we should be Zohar during these 21 days of Yimei HaMitzarim to break through the Mitzarim, to break through our boundaries and our borders and our limits and be Zohar to light during this dark time of year and the Kodesh Baruch Hu should change me evel yantif u me avelus la'ar me choshech la'ar gadol.